Touching Fire, a Good Omens fan fiction, written by Ineffable Penguin, read aloud by Sky Asimaru. If you enjoy this potfic, you can check out the original story on Archive of Our Own. If you would like to hear more of my recordings or see some of my own work, you can find me through the pen and screen name of Skyasimaru. Touching Fire, a villainous bonus chapter. Summary. This ficlet is set in my villainous fantasy fairy tale AU. This is set after the story ends, shortly before the epilogue, so spoiler warning if you haven't read it. Crow has finally had the chance to take Azra dancing, just as he promised. Now, after a night of fun and revelry at the winter festival, he enjoys a cozy morning tucked in bed. Crow drifted awake even more slowly than usual surfacing from very pleasant dreams of snow and dancing and bright sparks whirling up into the air. He sighed and slowly opened his eyes. <sighs> the circular bedroom was filled with the dim, wintry blue light of early morning. The air on his face was cool. Through the narrow glass windows, he could see snowflakes drifting silently down, shrouding the outside world in white and adding to the piles he knew were already mounded up along the base of the tower. A few experimental blinks revealed that his eyelids felt kind of sticky. All of him felt kind of sticky. His limbs were heavy as stones and his head felt thick, but not hungover, he noted, and he really should have been, given how much he'd drunk last night. Apparently, the earthy and bitter-tasting tea Tracy had given them beforehand really worked. How about that? A tiny prickle on his neck turned out to be a single pine needle caught in his disheveled hair. In addition to the general stickiness, he also had a small bruise on the arch of his nose from his tinted glasses, and when he flexed his toes, which were still in their socks, he found that his feet were sore. Not outright painful, just sore in the kind of way that came from dancing and tromping enthusiastically around in leather boots for hours. Another sore spot on his neck was not from clothing of any kind. And speaking of clothing, he wasn't wearing any, save for the socks. In short, all the hallmarks of a very successful night out followed by an equally successful night in. Crow grinned and tucked an arm up under his head, feeling extremely pleased with himself. <laughs> Not bad, 
Not bad at all for our first party. He stretched contentedly and rolled over to face the man lying next to him. They'd finally fallen asleep, collapsed, really, scant hours before dawn while clutching each other. Former Prince Azra now slept on his side, with face half-buried in Crow's pillow. Only inches away, despite the bed being fast enough to both lie spread-eagled without touching the edges. Azra's shock of fluffy white hair was in disarray. The strip of pale shoulder peeking above the edge of the blanket was entirely bare. The memory of how it had got that way was enough to send a throb of warm, very pleasant desire under Crow's skin. A novelty, still, even after months together, much like all of this. He took Azra's hand and nudged his long nose against his forehead. Love you, he breathed, barely audible. Azra snuffled a bit into the pillow, and Crow chuckled. <laughs> Sleeping was the one time where Azra completely lost all his fussy dignity. A rare treat, indeed. Crow had been delighted to learn that Azra actually snored. A delicate and buzzing little snore, completely unlike Crow's own droning. It was impossibly cute and fun to tease him about. The bedroom had grown chilly overnight. Azra's forehead was cold to the touch. They couldn't have that. It was an inevitable winter downside of living in a big stone cylinder. But luckily, there were accompanying upsides to having a sorcerer in your bed. Humming under his breath, Crow reached for his magic and concentrated. A moment later, a very deliberate pulse of heat flowed out from the center of his body, filling the space under the blankets. He carefully scooted closer and was elated when Azra immediately reached for him and curled up against his chest with a sigh. Crow enfolded him in both arms and pressed his nose into the soft hair. Affection filled him so intensely that for a second his eyes actually prickled. The feelings manifested in a hot, glowing pressure in his chest and hands as the magic in his blood fought for an outlet. Once upon a time, that would have been cause for alarm. Today, he simply shut his eyes and held Azra against his too hot chest, gently stroking his back with fingertips that burned ever so slightly orange with flame. Magic ran slow and warm beneath his skin a river of molten gold twining through them both, and he wanted nothing more than to lie here in this moment forever.
Until recently, he'd never dreamed he could have this kind of softness and trust with anyone. After all the people he'd killed, the terror he inspired everywhere he went, the fact that Azra felt safe enough to fall asleep in his arms felt miraculous. It awoke in him an almost savage protectiveness, unlike anything he'd ever known. Tenderness rooted so deep that it touched fire. My. Crow whispered and held Azra tighter. The steady glow of heat between them was seductive against the cold of the room. Azra's softly padded body was more seductive still. Outside, the snow continued falling, falling, a silent whisper that lulled at his mind and encouraged sleepiness. The rookery grounds had already been blanketed at least a foot thick last night when they got back from the festival and from the looks of it the weather had been hard at work snowing them in ever since he smiled to himself some days were simply custom built for being lazy this one seemed custom built for cuddling his husband and recovering after a fantastic evening an evening that was already indelibly imprinted on his mind as one of his favorite memories. The fulfillment of a promise he'd made ages ago and had been looking toward with equal parts excitement and trepidation. A night of dancing. The Empyrean lands above the wall celebrated many holidays throughout the year. But of them all, the Tadfield Solstice Festival was biggest and most unique. It was held after sundown in the dead of winter, on the longest night of the year, a night that was supposedly the tipping point in the universal struggle between good and evil, the triumph of light over darkness, the return of sunlight and warmth to the world, blah, blah, blah. All the sentiments that made bards spontaneously burst into song and sent the poets into mad fits of eloquence. Crow had always rolled his eyes at all that blather. It seemed like a lot of fuss for what was essentially just a really long freezing cold night. But now, he had to admit that this year, lying here holding his own personal son, the entire thing resonated a bit differently. At any rate, it did make for a great excuse to throw one hell of a party. The moment the sun sank below the horizon, the entire city filled with music and merriment and great bonfires lit to chase away the dark. Volunteers meticulously cleared away snow and ice to leave the cobblestones bare, with huge flat areas set aside for dancing.
The main square was crammed with dozens of hopeful vendors, selling everything from cured meats to fine jewelry. Garlands of pine and holly adorned every lamppost and gate. Men ladled out mugs of hot cider from great steaming copper vats. Jugglers spun torches through the air in blazing circles, and children with gold ribbons on their wrists ran about carrying small brass lanterns. Alcoholic drinks flowed cheap and plentiful at every turn. The cold air always smelled of toasted nuts and wood smoke. Crow had told Azra all about it months ago, during one of their early lunches in Eden, long before any of this was even a dim possibility. In an attempt to impress him, he'd foolishly told the enthralled prince that, oh yeah, he'd gone to the festival loads of times. Expert at festivals, he was. An old hand at parties. And sure, he had made appearances over the years, technically speaking, but the truth was that, like with all the big events above the wall, he usually kept his cloak hood up and stuck to the shadows. He never stayed long. It wasn't much fun to lurk about the dark edges of a crowd, standing there alone in the cold, with everyone around him calling out to friends and lovers while he tightened the strings holding his dark glasses on and told himself he didn't care. It would be far too risky to ask anyone to dance anyway. Calling that kind of attention to himself would be stupidly unsafe. Just asking for trouble. For the best, definitely. So, in a sense... No, he'd never really gone before. But in true self-sabotaging fashion, he'd already boasted himself into a corner. And there was no walking it back now without looking truly pitiful. Not with Azra thrilled to bits, full of expectation and excitedly looking forward to their first big public event together. He'd even bought new clothes for the occasion, in festive colors, no less. After all that, Crow would rather climb the damned tower again than admit he was nervous. Perhaps Azra had sensed his nerves anyway, even if he'd misunderstood the cause of them because yesterday he'd helpfully tried to give Crow some basic dancing instructions in preparation with mixed results. Let's start with something simple, like a waltz. Azra's hand slid through his own, tugging. They were in the bedroom, the crimson center rug cleared away to avoid tripping hazards. More tripping hazards, that is, 
Crow's own feet were hazardous enough. Come here, my dear. Azra's arm slid round him and pulled Crow gently against his front. Now, this is a bit closer than is considered proper, but, uh, well, actually... Now Azra's eyes sparkled mischievously. Among the nobility, the waltz itself is considered just a tad unseemly for polite company. But I thought it would be perfect for you. Crow raised an eyebrow. <laughs> wow. The basic steps and position form the basis for most other dances, Azra continued. All deliberate innocence. Crow wasn't fooled. Uh-huh. All right. So, at one of your stuffy balls, we would dance like this. Hmm? Oh, no. If we were to insist on dancing this in public at court, we would hold each other at length, like so. Azra pushed Crow away a bit, leaving just a couple inches of space between their bodies. Keep a solid gap, as if there were a plank of wood between us. Our chests must not touch. That's very important. Crow frowned, disliking the notion. Uh, why not? Because that would be scandalous. Azra sniffed in mock disapproval. <laughs> ah, right, obviously. Yes, it can be quite challenging when dancing with a partner who has, uh, well, more ample landscapes. Eh? Breasts, my dear. Oh, oh, right, those, yeah, uh, sounds awful. Indeed. Azra beamed and stepped deliberately across the short gap until they were pressed up against each other again. His arm slid round Crow's waist, all the way around it to hold him firmly. Most fortunately for us, we do not have that problem, nor are we at court. And from what we've seen out and about in the more southward cities above the wall, they do not share the nobility's scruples about proximity. He leaned in, and his next words were spoken softly in Crow's ear, lips just brushing the skin. So I can hold you as close as I please. Crow's face warmed, and he strove to maintain the casual tone of voice. <clears throat> How lucky for me. Um. His thoughts ran in merry zigzags as Azra kissed his neck, just a soft touch of lips. I mean, for us. Mm -hmm. Azra kissed him once again. Slower, then held out his other hand. Crow took it and pressed his mouth briefly to the knuckles. Asra's fingers were still soft despite the months of new manual chores, the fresh calluses smooth and pliable, a credit to the meticulous lotion regimen he maintained. 
Azra gently redirected their hands to clasp together, palm to palm outstretched. Focus, darling. Yep. Crow did his best to look focused. He was, in a sense. He was extremely focused on how Azra's front felt smashed against his front. It made for a great distraction from his nerves. Suffice to say, very little dancing instruction had actually been absorbed. In the end, he decided to hell with it. He would simply throw himself into the situation and make things up as he went along, as usual. And to his surprise, everything had gone, well, simply marvelously, as Azra would put it. Much of the festival was a blur of golden candlelight and music and smiling faces, of far too much spiced wine, but lots he remembered vividly. Azra's hand in his, dragging him forward into the warm firelight to see the pageantry. Azra beaming brighter than the torches as he pinned a sprig of dark green holly to both their chests for luck. Azra's cold nose pressed into his cheek as he kissed him, equally cold fingers framing his face and holding his dark glasses carefully still each time, keeping him safe like no one else ever had. The enthusiasm was catching. In the face of Azra's excited, uncomplicated happiness and a large cup of wine, Crow's anxiety had dropped away like a discarded cloak. There had indeed been plenty of dancing, Crow far less gracefully than Azra, and largely fueled by the aforementioned wine. Luckily, Azra was graceful enough for the both of them, and with him leading, Crow was able to avoid making too much of an arse of himself. So what if he danced like a possessed string puppet? He figured that what he lacked in skill, he compensated for with enthusiasm. So that had to count for something and he really couldn't have cared less about his bad dancing, not compared to the utter thrill of asking the most beautiful man at the festival to dance, complete with an unnecessarily elaborate bow, not with Azra laughing and looking so delighted in his brand new forest green doublet, gold cravat loosened, and cheeks glowing pink from exertion. Not with Azra's arm wrapped round his waist and whirling him around, their breath puffing thick clouds into the frosty air to mingle with the music of fiddle and pipes. Crow lay there in bed with eyes closed, savoring the memory 
They'd eaten honey cakes with clotted cream and sampled rich black currant mead. He'd held Azra shamelessly close for the slower dances, forehead to forehead and hand clasped to his heart, while fresh snow drifted down around them and the fires burned low, lost in a private world of their own. He'd kissed Azra in public and been kissed in return, without a single care for who might be watching. Wonder upon breathtaking wonder. It was everything he hadn't dared to even wish for on that night not so many months ago at a very different party, standing hopeless and aching on a dark palace balcony, looking down at a glittering ballroom, one hand covering a softer one beside him and feeling like his world was about to break in half. He'd never dared to wish for much, as a rule. It was simple self-preservation, because only a true masochist would keep reaching for things he couldn't have. Softness, trust, love, camaraderie. All those things had always seemed like a candle set in a distant window, bright and enticing, and completely untouchable. Much like Azra himself, nice to look at, but not meant for the likes of him. But then, Azra had a knack for turning all his rules upside down. Crow kissed Azra's forehead and sighed again, feeling utter happiness move through the deepest parts of him, the slow turn of a world that was most decidedly whole, the soft give of Azra's body against his own, strange and lovely. Azra stirred in his arms. Mm. Three sugars, please,' he said clearly, then fell silent. Crow blinked and looked down at him, but Azra only gave another long snore. Crow snorted. <laughs> he tilted his head back and stared up at the bed canopy, grinning and forcing himself to take slow breaths until he got it under control. <laughs> wow, tuck it out, are we? Azra only talked in his sleep when he was well and truly knackered. But then, Crow thought with a smirk, it had been a very late, very active night. They'd left the festival rather abruptly at the very end. That wasn't his fault. Azra had simply looked so beautiful, with snowflakes like diamond flecks in his hair, and firelight catching at the gold accents on his clothing. And to be fair, they'd both had quite a lot of wine. They may have made a bit of a spectacle of themselves. Gentle kisses on the dance floor had escalated to passionate kisses 
and wandering hands in a very nice little deserted alleyway, Azra's knee raised to hook around Crow's thigh, palms pressed beneath his shirt to get at his heated skin. Then they'd somehow found themselves stumbling out of the homing amulet spell to kiss up against the door of the tower with a thump, shin-deep in a rapidly expanding circle of melted snow as Crow began to lose control of his magic. By the time they finally made their tipsy way up all seven flights, by some miracle not falling down the stairs and breaking their necks like complete prats, his glasses had finally been torn off, and the few clothes he was still wearing were close to igniting though that was a minor inconvenience for people immune to sorcerer flame. It certainly hadn't stopped them from having absolutely frantic, toe-curling sex the moment they'd managed to get into bed. Azra stirred again. Dearest, he murmured sleepily, eyes still shut. A hand slid down Crow's back to cup his bare arse and tugged him closer. Mm. Crow grinned and kissed his closed eyelids. <laughs> Shh. He strategically upped the heat a notch, sending fresh waves of warmth through the mattress around him until the entire thing was cozy as a hot bath, something to tempt even the most determined early riser. <laughs> he would have used magic to close the silk bed curtains, too, but in his drowsy, blissful state, that hand on his arse was far too distracting. Instead, he pulled the quilted blanket higher, mounding it up a little to block any light from Azra's face. There you go. Sleep, my angel, he whispered and stroked Azra's blonde hair with a soothing hand. I want to hold you some more. I'll make us breakfast later. Oh. Good, Azra mumbled against his chest, definitely not hearing a word he said. Crow chuckled and let his own heavy eyelids slide shut again. Outside, the snowfall had thickened to a nearly solid white veil. Crow yawned as he snuggled further into the warm mattress, chin scraping Asra's forehead. <clears throat> if he breathed deep, he could still smell pine and a hint of flickering bonfire smoke, remnants of a fantastic night and a promise of many more to come. They'd already made it through the dark, after all. He held Azra close and drifted off with flames blooming like golden flowers behind his closed eyes and torches wheeling around them beneath a starry winter sky.
The End uh, Thank you for reading. Please drop by the archive and let the author know what you thought of their work.